blockchain, crypto, NFTs, Web 3.0. All these things, before you click off, don't. We're going to be talking about the creator connection and the real life usage of these mythical things. They're very debated in society. People hate them. Some people love them. It's like Marmite. Yeah, it's a heated topic. There's a lot of opinions out there. But I think it's really important for people to actually know about it and understand, even if they absolutely don't want anything to do with it and don't like it. It's important to understand because it's it's going to become a part oh, of life. It's coming. Like, it's coming, whether you like it or not. And, and I think the beauty of progress and the beauty of technology is that it is unstoppable. It's, you know, even the haters, even the doubters, it, it, it's it's coming. Yeah, you don't have to like it. You don't have to like it. Like, I'm sure people didn't like credit cards when they first came out. People still don't like credit cards, do they? Not just credit. I mean, just more cards with yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, welcome to the Catch to Creator podcast. We're Sal and Bart from Trio Stories, and we discuss all things creator. The lifestyle, the career, the ups and downs, anything really to do with the creator lifestyle. And from my perspective, I know not so much about this topic. I know a bit because you blot on about it quite a bit. Um, so I'm going to be interviewing you and getting your knowledge that you've acquired over the past couple of years. Quick disclaimer here, I'm by no means an expert in the matter. Um, I've been dabbling in the past yeah, couple of years, so um, I think I have the basic idea, but uh, yeah, I'm absolutely no expert. So, uh, For example, like me, I have $16 worth of, um, what is it? Polkadot. Polkadot. That's a cryptocurrency. Thanks to Revolut, which gives away free Polkadot if you do their four tutorials. So that's my involvement with crypto not bad not bad so we'll start at the start Makes with, sense. with a brief history of bitcoin where it came from you know the first steps the idea was floated around in the 1990s but then it was like very much theoretical stuff theoretical science and it wasn't really until 2009 when bitcoin gained gained some traction it's the first one it's the biggest one it's the um, household name, as it were, of crypto. So what made it fascinating and what made it intriguing was the fact that we don't know who's behind it. It could be like one person, the mastermind. It could be like a group, like anonymous, something mm. like that. All we have is this pseudonym or name, Satoshi Nakamoto. Sounds like the guy from Big Hero 6. It does, yeah, it does. To the average person who's not so involved in, in crypto or whatever, that's quite sketchy, not knowing who's behind it, whether you can trust that organisation or non-organisation. Yeah, and I think that, that sketchy element, that sort of uh, element of distrust is probably the biggest barrier for cryptocurrency still today. It's actually quite a good comparison to make to Anonymous because it always had this sort of... Rebel. Re yeah, rebellious, like anarchy sort of nature to it, because the idea was that it's supposed to be a decentralized um, form of currency. So nobody controls it. There's no, you know, governing body. So there's, al there's always been that element of anti-government, anti-surveillance sort of freedom movement vibe around it. Um, yeah, the, the, the premise of it was, is going to be, 
a completely transparent ledger, basically. So everybody can can see all the transactions on it. There's there's nothing hidden. It's all completely transparent. It's super fast, super safe, super reliable, and nobody can mess with it because it's on everybody's computer. What about hackers? Well, they, they, they can't do anything because they'd have to be able to hack millions and millions of computers. So if there's the one anomaly, time. let's say a hacker gets into one computer and there's one anomaly, will the others basically is it like a probability kind absolutely of yeah so they all kind of they will all um talk to each other and they'll all verify the ledger they all have a copy of the ledger so like there's millions and millions and millions of these copies and if one of them all of all of a sudden says oh no but Bart's actually got a million dollars and not one dollar they're going to be like all the other computers are like nah nah he hasn't he's got one dollar and if you know if 51 percent of them or more say no he's actually got one dollar then i've got one dollar all right it feels like it can be manipulated but i don't know how there are ways it could in theory be manipulated but it's extremely extremely difficult far more difficult than traditional banking and traditional methods of security so i mean you've got to think you know a traditional traditional bank it your money is in is held in an account one account that account could be hacked um, your money is also by proxy held in, in the vaults of the bank. That bank can be robbed. Um, that this There's no risk of that with crypto. What about Fall insurance? Of, yeah, the, there's no insurance with crypto. Yeah, that's a downfall. The insurance sounds like something boomers do. Yeah, but it sounds like a good idea for money. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's I mean, something that will have to come in the future for it to be a bigger thing. Absolutely. I mean, but... You know, if you're talking insurance, you're talking centralization, which is some sort of governing body, some sort of control. So that's yeah, not but what the centralization want. isn't that the ledger? No, because the ledger is everywhere. It's not in one place. It's not centralized. Can you refer to everywhere as centralized? <laughs> well, no, that's the definition of decentralized. But okay. Anyway, so we've actually come a long way since then because you know we're talking about these sort of founding principles. Obviously, now today. Um, there are thousands of crypto projects. Bitcoin is just one of them, one of the original ones, you know, and to name a few, you know, you've got Ethereum, which is like a second, probably, well, it's the second biggest cryptocurrency and you've got Ethereum-based projects. So such as the one that you mentioned, Polkadot, is it an, it's an Ethereum-based spin-off project, as it were, that's trying to carve out its own utility in in the sphere and then you know you've got all these different projects focusing on all the different aspects so you've got some coins or some currencies which have focused on the security aspect they want to create their you know blockchain their currency to be the most secure why is the blockchain okay yeah that's a that's a really good question so the definition of the blockchain because we've heard this buzzword a lot is it's an unchangeable, decentralized and distributed ledger that contains data shared in a publicly accessible network. And that's basically all the information. And the reason it's called blockchain is because it's a chain of blocks and each packet of data is called a block. So every time you create, every time a transaction happens or, or there's any changes, they form a block on the blockchain. And then obviously the, the the word chain is because they're all connected. So they're all linked to each other. Yeah. In terms of the world and technology, I think the blockchain 
makes much more sense than crypto itself if you know what i mean yeah i think i think that is that is a first really important takeaway from this the thing that's going to change the world isn't cryptocurrency it's It's blockchain technology sorry web 3.0 web 3.0 is also part of it but it's blockchain technology that's going to be the revolution that's what's going to make the difference yeah crypto is something scary because we already have a monetary system that theoretically works um the blockchain isn't is like a whole new thing like an invention that is going to be adopted by multiple things and actually that's the one that makes complete sense to me and i think people need to learn about that absolutely yeah so the blockchain is the invention like you said that's that's perfect is the new technology and it in in terms of the scale of it, it it's comparable to when the internet was invented like that's how important it could turn out to be. It probably think, will. It probably will. And I think, like you said, um, you know, we're scared of new things. We have a currency system that's kind of okay, but uh, like when you look closely, it's kind of fucked. But can we swear on this podcast? Yeah, I think it's fine. I think, you know, we've got to be ourselves. Yeah, well. um, yeah it's kind of screwed, but it's stable. People are used to it. So people let it be. And like when the, when the internet came about, people were scared of it. People were like, this thing is evil. Like this will lead to terrible things. And obviously it does, but it's also very useful. Um, and, and it's the same, you know, we've got the skeptical people. Can it be separated from crypto? Yeah, absolutely. Like the blockchain, can you, we'll obviously get into NFTs and stuff later, but can you make use of the blockchain, but with normal currency? What's normal currency? Fiat. Fiat currency. Fiat that's, cur- that's <sighs> so wise so you could do in theory um but you know the way that that would happen now is you would probably input your fiat currency change it into some sort of cryptocurrency to then use it on the blockchain you know your fiat currency is the physical pounds and and notes that you have but that could be like a, a barrier to it making it more accessible like for example you enter your normal card details which people are happy to do on mm. online and then some sort of intermediary system exchanges that into crypto. So you don't actually have to do anything with crypto. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's, there's platforms that do that and I'm make that very accessible. Yeah. And and you said about the separation. There Definitely there is a separation. You know, you've got to see it as like a hierarchy tree. You've got the blockchain at the very top of the hierarchy. And cryptocurrency is just one of the offshoots. But realistically, there's a lot of offshoots. Like at the moment blockchain is revolutionizing things like supply chains things like um voting systems you know things like distribution digital identity verification there's a lot of these obviously nfts is a massive one which we'll speak about which has huge implications for for creators so definitely sorry it's basically got to a point i think with the internet that there needed to be an invention and there needed to be this new thing to fix the problems of the internet and the safety of it and whatnot like i've been saying for years that social media accounts need to be connected to some sort of identity verification like verification of identity well this that's a perfect area to work you know to use blockchain technology to create something like that because basically i think as humans we've run away with the internet we've abused it basically yeah 
And I think that blockchain can be a way, tell me if I'm wrong, it could be a way to bring in some legality about the internet. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of abuse on the internet from, from many actors, you know, starting with individuals who become like internet trolls and, you know, people feel anonymous on the internet and so they can say anything. and Hackers. Hackers, yeah, of course. But then also you've got to look at the big players like Facebook and, well, Meta and um, Netflix and YouTube and um, the big corporations and stuff, which are also, you know, collecting all this data about us. Um, yeah, using, like they're, they're practically ungoverned. They're pra- yeah, they're practically ungoverned. They're practically using manipulative techniques to market to us on a daily basis. They're listening to us. Yeah, they're listening to us. They're just, you know, everything. If you, you know, if you type in something dodgy on the internet, they know, they know. And, and I think that there's also an element of that that blockchain will be able to, blockchain technology will be able to help with. Um, in a way, it's going to give power back to the little man there's this whole idea that on the internet we are the product as the users of the internet we are the product yeah and this is this is moving towards the the web 3.0 idea we'll come to that we'll later. come to that we'll okay. come to that later so let's take it one step at a time and let's talk about nfts when we first kind of heard about nfts i feel like it was pandemic time yeah early pandemic time it all came out of that at the beginning as oh, this kid's made a little doodle. And it's now worth $5 million. And it's now worth $5 million, which makes no sense. Yeah. I mean, but people get on board with art, so. So what are NFTs? NFT stands for non-fungible token, which is a bit, bit of a funky name. What's fungible? It, it means it can't be fake, can't be like copied. Okay. So it's, it's, it, it can't be funged. <laughs> basically what it is it's it's a unique token that's mm-hmm. that's the that's the most important aspect of it. it is that it's completely unique and it can't be faked it can't be falsified it can't be like falsified so obviously cogs like a digital are turning. version of like ownership of the mona lisa yeah yeah the bells are ringing here the creator sphere is like ooh, exciting this good there's definitely some usage here for for creators and but a lot more in a lot more ways than people probably are aware of yeah absolutely so what you mentioned early pandemic days that was absolutely not the launch of nfts like nfts existed quite a few years before that but it was when there was a hype you know the media outlets picked up on it um and it just blew up it just blew up and yeah absolutely you know the most outrageous stories are the ones that make the headlines so someone made a like three pixel doodle or whatever and then it went on an auction site and you know celebrities bid it bid on it and and all of a sudden they own a little three pixel doodle for five million dollars and and the best part about it is you know it's not physical it's just a website you own it because the website says you own it seems a bit ridiculous yeah so one of the things that in my mind that i try to understand it as is like when you purchase skins on cod Mm. people are happy to buy to spend money on digital assets yeah today's society attaches so much importance to possessions and you know that manifested itself in 
the, the these huge brands, you know, these huge brand names like Hugo Boss and Gucci and Prada, and it means something if you own a Ferrari or a Porsche or a, or a Gucci. So there's this. But that's understandable because everyone can see that. Yeah, but the what's the value? Because the moment you get a fake one from you know the market somewhere, people are like, oh, that's a fake one. The the actual value, the actual social worth is attached to the fact that it's expensive, it's rare, so therefore there's that element of uniqueness and the authenticity of it is only important if you own it. It's that idea, you know, it's that idea that ownership, as we move more into the digital world, the ownership and authenticity, the, the importance of it will move with it. Like you mentioned, you know, on card, if you buy a skin on card right now, which is an outfit for your little character, that's all well and good, yeah? But there's a there's a thousand other people or a million other people that are wearing that outfit. But if you paid, if you could pay $5,000 or $10,000 for an outfit that was completely unique to you... Some people would do it. Some people would do it and then they would run around and they'd be like, oh, that's... Or, you know, I don't know, for example, I created that Logan Paul could have an outfit that resembled him, like his face and everything, oh, scanned into the game. And then you see him and it's like, shit, that's Logan Paul. Yeah. And he could pay, not 5,000, but he could pay a million or 5 million for that. And, you know, it would probably come with some sort of in-game card that said, I own this outfit. You know, this, is, this outfit was made, designed by XYZ, Gucci. You could, you could own a Gucci outfit on card. That's Gu- cool. Gucci creates an NFT yeah. for this outfit. We're getting into the the realm of talking about how it can impact or influence creators. Um, and I wanted to bring up the story of us owning an NFT. Yeah. So we do actually own an NFT um, from Yes Theory. Yeah. So this is another that. element of a huge use case of NFTs. And that's like tickets and access. Utility. Utility. Yeah. Because... Um, because of the nature of the blockchain, so the fact that it can't be falsified, the technology lends itself to being the perfect way to sell tickets to events mm-hmm. or to clubs, exclusive clubs, exclusive societies. So what we did is we purchased a ticket to um, the premiere of the Iceman documentary and it was in the form of an NFT. Now, the benefits are... It's non-fungible. It's non-fungible. The, the, the benefit is that we now have like a a unique limited edition ticket, which, you know, it's it's really nice. Like it's kind of reversible, it's numbered, so we know which number it is. It's like a keepsake. Yeah, it's, it's digital, it's not physical, but so what? Does that make it any less real? Potentially. Potentially still today. Yeah. But in 10 years time, I think. My difficulty is I, I really like the, the utility aspect of NFTs. I think that makes complete sense. Like, uh, I don't know, you've got an NFT for Costa and somehow it, like, does the stamp thing, but via an NFT. Your Costa card, basically. Yeah. yeah. My argument against that is what's wrong with just apps and putting them in your wallet on your iPhone? Or what's the benefit of having an NFT? To be honest, like I think with something like a Costa card, the NFT technology and the blockchain technology are not revolutionary. 
you know that they can slightly improve the functionality of it they can make it a bit cooler and um you know for example again an idea for costa to kind of improve their loyalty thing is every time you visit a costa each costa has a unique little nft which is like maybe like a cartoon drawing or like a, an illustration of the place where it is and then you can collect them all so it makes it like gamifies mm -hmm. you know costa and just an example but um, there's nothing wrong with how it currently functions um i guess it's a lot of it is as well moving into the future like future proofing yeah, yeah future proofing our current practices online yeah yeah making it safer and non-fungible <laughs> so talking about creators yeah and utility for creators so we've spoken about these like loyalty cards the idea of these kind of like loyalty cards memberships so I think it would be an there's an awesome way here to for, create your community as a creator, and you want to, for example, reward your followers with an NFT, and they get this NFT, and maybe it, the ownership of this NFT gives them access to a Discord server or or a Patreon or something like that, and it gives them um, benefits. So, for example, the fact that they own the NFT gives them automatically a fifteen percent discount at BNH Photo. That's sick. But there's also, you know, we mentioned about the creating art as an NFT. Um, there's a huge argument for why you should do that. And that's the fact that there's a commission attached to NFTs in perpetuity. So if you release a piece of art, you get commission on every sale of that piece of art. And this is really cool. Oh yeah, like like with football when they get sold to a new club. And there's a there's a sell on clause, yeah. To the original mm. founding. It's just yeah. like that. Mm. It's just like that. But so you can release your NFT on um, an auction uh, website such as OpenSea. Um, I, I'd recommend like if you're interested in being a create being a creator or in creative things, which if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you are. Um, visit. Uh, like a, a marketplace like OpenSea and just have a look at what's on there out of curiosity. That's an NFT marketplace. That's an NFT marketplace, yeah. Um, so you can buy photography there. You can buy drawings there, paintings. We watched um, a project by Logan Paul called 99 Originals. Amazing YouTube video. You have to go and watch that. Honestly. Anyone. You have to watch it. I think it, it's the best video we've ever watched on YouTube, Potentially. potentially. But it's not just because it's a good video. It's because no, the project concept. is the concept is amazing. So, long story short, Logan Paul goes on a huge quest to shoot ninety nine original Polaroid photographs, and they're super ambitious. Like, like some of them are super ambitious. And there's one in zero gravity. Yeah, uh, and the idea is that each one of those Polaroids will be its own NFT, and they will form a collection of ninety nine originals. Now. This is an awesome idea because it's like a hybrid, isn't it? He's got the original Polaroids, the actual image itself, you know, in physical form. They are obviously scanned, scanned in and they become this digital NFT format. Um, the way he did it was that actually the owner of the NFT would also get the physical representation of it. So Yeah, I think that's a good way of it being a soft launch into yeah. society. Like you get this digital ownership proof and and thing but you also get a physical one it becomes like an authenticity certificate yeah yeah and the thing is each one of those nfts every time it sells every time it changes hands 
Logan Paul will get a commission of 10% or 8% or 15%. And you can set that commission yourself as a, as a creator when you launch the project. So, you know, there's a secondhand market now for, for, for this sort of art. I mean, there's, there's been a huge market for like high-end art, you know, your Van Goghs and stuff like that. You know, they, they go for ridiculous prices. Imagine if you were able to launch these oh, paintings. Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Is it Van Gogh or Van Gogh? I think people say different things. Okay. Anyway, um, you know, imagine if as an artist, every time somebody sells your image or painting, you're getting a kickback from that. NFTs have been used in popular culture now quite a lot. I mean, Kings of Leon were one of the first like major bands that released their album as an NFT. Um, you could you could own their album as an NFT. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, I'd love to own some sort of Harry Potter NFT. I have also already looked into it, um, but none are yet from the legit Wizarding World, so I'm not interested. So they're not. See, so look, you're showing how important the authenticity is to you. Oh, true. That's just demonstrated how important it is. Very true. So yeah, just one more idea that I, that I had because you you know that importance of authenticity. You know, like. We do things like put silly backgrounds on our phones, wallpapers and stuff. In the future, that could be a status symbol. You having a limited or one-off background on your phone and it has a little sign that it's a, you know, it's a, a unique thing and that's a, an NFT. We're you spending know, more and more time online so it only makes sense that there is a way to enhance that experience online and have the yeah. real life things also online i mean spending time online metaverse i i don't want anything to do with it that's some scary shit i compare other people's like feelings about nft and crypto with how i feel about the metaverse i feel like it's literally a black mirror episode and yeah. i don't want anything to do with it yeah so i mean the metaverse if you don't know is um basically a, a virtual world like it's fully a virtual world By you Facebook. can by yeah by meta uh, the company behind facebook um you can walk around in it you can have a house in it you meetings. can have what'd you say you can have like company meetings held yeah in the you can go to work there and and you know yeah there'll be other people that have their own avatars in there and you're like hello how's it going and and everything and the idea is that we're moving towards a situation where you can own land in the metaverse oh my god you can own obviously outfits so you can own a gucci why are you obsessed with Gucci? I don't know. You can own a Hugo Boss suit in the metaverse. Imagine if like Porsche got involved somehow and you could like drive a car up to your company building. It, it probably already is, a, is the case. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> if they haven't done this yet, I'm copywriting that idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come for me, Porsche. So that's, that's NFTs for you in a nutshell. There's a lot more to it. This, these, these topics, we're just scratching the surface, like genuinely we're just scratching the surface. Yeah, and just I, I just want to say that like my favourite thing personally is the idea of NFTs as, as memberships for creators. I think that's really cool because if you have a limited special edition community, like imagine if Peter McKinnon had like a, a 50 person community or, mm. or less and people can get what they want from that community that community for a while and then they can sell that nft which gives this new, new person, person access, access yeah. to the community and i think that's an insane possibility for creators yeah i mean in a way to be honest that i, I didn't mention that about our ice 
uh, man documentary NFT. Our Yes Theory NFT had that sort of membership. We became members of the ICE squad because we own the NFT. So we got um, updates about the project. We were in the credits for the film. Yeah, we were allowed to like come like as VIPs to the premiere. So we had like early entrance and we got to meet, um, you know, the STV members and we got to meet Amar and Tommy and um, there there was perks. There was perks. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. You mentioned Web 3.0. Should we talk a bit about that? It's, It's the blockchain, right? It's to do with the blockchain. That's all I know. Okay. Web 3.0 is the idea of a next generation of internet. So it's 3.0. So what's one and two? Well, Web 1.0 was the original internet, which was kind of like a read-only internet. You know, it was, um, there were documents, uh, like a library. Yeah, like a library. We just took information from the internet. Web 2.0 became more interactive. Um, and at first it became interactive. It was a, a give and take and like you could do, you know, you could do a quiz or you could do, um, play a game on, uh, on the write internet. Write a blog post. Yeah, you could write a blog post and things like that. And then Web 2.0 moved towards taking more. Nefarious tactics. Yeah, let's, yeah, to be honest. So it became uh, a leech. So it was taking every single mouse click, every single keystroke every website that we went on tracking it all processing it all creating data about us so web 2.0 bit nasty basically at this point yeah web 3.0 is hoping to swing that back in you know in our favor as the little users of the internet so it's the idea that we will control our own data and we will have ownership of what we do so so can we choose to sell our own data yeah absolutely we can prostitute ourselves with our data so the idea is that we yeah i'm all right with that actually because when i go on a website the cookies notification kills me every time i hate it so i've Mm. just gotten into a habit of clicking allow all Mm. so i'm giving away data anyway so if i was given the option to own my own data and sell it i probably would yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people would, because I think the idea is that, you know, Web 3.0 would offer you addition, additional like security, additional privacy, because it would be your decision to sell your data. Um, and it would give you money. So is it also a security thing based on like, for example, BT Internet leaked a load of emails mm. not long ago? Yeah. Um is the web 3.0 like a safety measure for that would that the idea of that is that it's it's still quite far away in practice you know the, the blockchain technology would have to be so readily available that the companies like bt would be able to use them which i think you know a lot of these companies are very old-fashioned like mammoth so i think we're still a long way away from that but in principle yeah the internet's free things like instagram and facebook are free yeah so advertisers come in to get access to our eyeballs our eyeballs and our brains are the product mm. yeah we are being sold our like attention feet on only fans exactly like yeah exactly like that so our eyeballs our attention our time is being sold 
Why are we not getting at least a kickback from that? So th- th- there's, there's a browser, there's an internet browser called the Brave Browser, which is already trying to do that, basically. And advertisers are happy to pay a commission for your eyeballs because they know how valuable it is. So what's the deal with Facebook and Instagram they're providing their services for free because would the advertisers pay to be on those platforms and pay a user for their data well i mean that's obviously up to the individual business to decide that model whether facebook wants to pay the users itself or whether it wants to charge and pass on that commission for the eyeballs to the businesses that's Mm -hmm. obviously entirely up to them but at the moment as it stands Facebook and Instagram are making bare dollar from these adverts and, you know... Using our resources. Yeah. I mean, you could say, obviously, we are getting... we, we The trade is that we get to use the platform for free. Mm-hmm. But um, I think... I wonder how that could be applied more to creators as well, The that concept. Like, how you earn money at the moment from, like, TikTok and, and Instagram... I wonder how that could be involved in the web 3.0, like in terms of the data that you're collecting, being a big creator on the platform. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, obviously in a way that is currently calculated into this, the money that creators are getting from these creator funds and, and you know, earnings because that's what the ad revenue is on YouTube, for example. You know, at, at the moment, it's probably quite a... Um, abstract way of measuring it whereas with the blockchain technology with web 3.0 there would be a far more precise way of interaction with the data Mm. so you you know the platform as well as um the user would just have far more control and knowledge of of what that data is that you're giving away or selling or or buying so is that the main premise of web 3.0 basically data control yeah pretty much okay pretty much it's giving the power back to the users. Do you have any actionable ways of how that would affect creators? I think um, it, it's definitely an area that could help with things like plagiarism, copying other people's mm-hmm. um, work. You know, we, we recently watched a Colin Samir podcast about that. Um, yeah, about Ryan... Ryan Trahan, is it? Yeah, and someone just copying his YouTube short, like, word for word, Literally identical. Literally word for word, shot for shot. It was shocking. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, really Colin bad. Colin Smear was so polite. Like, I love them to, to bits, but they're so, like, formal. Like, I would throw hands. Yeah, I'd go mental. I'd, I'd, I'd find them. I'd find them. I'd find their families. <laughs> like, you know, it, it, it's rude. It's rude. It is rude. It's rude, and... I think that well, NFT blockchain technology can definitely can definitely be a big help. So you in could that so regard. you could own like legitimately your own content online. Yeah, yeah. There would be a, a probably legally it would be much easier to actually assign ownership to content and creators. How does that work with like copyright and stuff? Well, exactly. I mean, it's I complicated because, think... like, for example gopro came first right Mm. and then now every other brand has created an action camera that looks identical and it's like how is that allowed from a copyright perspective so again 
in terms of creators and like there are ideas online it would be great if there was a way to like legitimize the ownership of your own content and probably much easier with stuff like nfts for photographs yeah short films films but in terms of youtube videos like can you really like own an idea i'm gonna say no i'm going to say probably not but i think you know at the moment i think copyright and trademark laws are not appropriate for the level of protection is is negligible for creators and i think that needs to change yeah and i think this is the right step towards that direction what about digital identification it ties in with the idea of the fact that that you know the, the blockchain technology is very hard to falsify it so it adds that layer of security mm-hmm. you know if we're using the traditional way of storing somebody's digital identification on a server i could i mean i could but someone could hack into that server replace the file change the date on it change the photo on it and all of a sudden they've got a fake that you know they've stolen the id or they've got a fake id they've got something different with the blockchain you you, you can't do that you, you you change it on one computer all the other computers now there's also so there's also one more thing about blockchain and the whole thing and that's the democratic element um the idea that you know it's governed by the people not by a single person so um a lot of these projects are based around the idea that um people have voting power on how the direction that the project is is taking aren't people dumb i think that's a topic for another podcast <laughs> you know with these projects um the way it works is the you know for example the more of the coin you own or the more of your skin you have in the game with that project the more voting power you have and in a way that makes sense i think just to like reiterate the the reason we're talking about this in relation to creators is that creators are making everything online yeah um I mean, like content creators, the things that they're making are online. And at the moment, there isn't really a safeguard or safe place to protect those creators. Um, And these things that we've been talking about are potentially ways that can help with that and protect you as a creator. Yeah. I think it's time to start wrapping up. So let's quickly go over the, the future. You know, where is this going? And... Also, some of the drawbacks, because I mean, it's not all dandy. It's not all obviously just you know. How roses. much money have you lost in crypto? I've lost some money in crypto. Yeah, a big project just overnight collapsed due to issues. Um, a coordinated like attack from. Because that's the thing. That's that's like what how crypto gets a bad rep sometimes is like it all dropped after that big fiasco mm. of uh, Luna, was it? Yeah. Yeah luna going bust but it was because one guy had a load of money in there right and he pulled it out or something honestly explaining it would be a podcast episode in itself but and anyway, i don't really understand it but it's ex- like- it's extremely complicated there's different theories but there is theories that it was like a planned attack like yeah. a coordinated attack uh, like a manipulation like a financial manipulation but you could say the exact same thing in current mo- in current like fiat money with like the stocks yeah like GameStop and, yeah. and Doge. Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah. Is the current 
meme stock. Yeah, absolutely. It, look, it's a very volatile, um, very, very volatile space and it's risky. And if you're investing money in it, be very careful. Um, no risk, no fun. No risk, no fun. But also like, yeah, it's it's very unpredictable. So that's going to be something that holds it back for sure for, for you know, the foreseeable future. Um, it can be very lucrative, but also very risky. And it's it's still extremely new. So there's a lot to iron out. There's a lot of kinks to iron out, you know, to do with taxation laws. How do you get taxed? At which point do you get taxed? Um, you know, at the moment, a lot of these um, projects are offering ridiculously high interest rates for just holding the, the coins. I mean, yeah, going back to the creator talk like yes theory got so much hate for releasing their tickets via nft Mm -hmm. like i've never seen one of their videos get so many negative comments because people hate it yeah people are scared of it people are seeing it as you know black magic so as a creator it's it's kind of risky to also get involved like yes theory are big enough that they won't have been affected by releasing nfts but like a smaller creator for example yeah there's a bit of risk yeah might alienate their community yeah i mean we were, we didn't get the best feedback when we said that we were going to talk about this in this podcast yeah i mean it's just that element of people being scared of the new i think and and scared of the unknown as well and, and rightly so it's a self-preservation thing yeah i think with yes theory a really good example for creators on how to introduce this into your workflow is they did both didn't they they released traditional traditional tickets and they released nft tickets so people who didn't want to dabble in the nfts could have just bought a traditional ticket i feel like they released that after the outrage yeah i don't know potentially but don't don't quote me on that i, I uh, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I mean, that's a, an idea for, for creators out there to, to you know, soft launch, dip your toes in. Launch one and the other. Have Give people options. As we said, basically, in the intro, it's it's basically about future-proofing. This stuff isn't, like, huge right now and it's very hated right now, but the chances are it's going to be accepted in the future. Yeah. I mean, 100% is going to be. Yeah. And I think that the important takeaway is don't sleep on it because there's a lot of opportunity there and it's happening and it's far, far bigger already at this point than I think a lot of people realise. Yeah. And even not sleeping on it in terms of like setting up your own related NFTs, Mm. for example, but also just making yourself aware of the situation. Education, just education. Just so that you know when it comes around how things work. Like, for example, if your favorite creator makes an NFT and you need to know whether you want to invest in that, just be aware of the situation. Yep. I think that's it. That's all we've got. This is a really formal podcast. This is the first podcast we're doing with our short um, MV7 microphones and headphones. Hope it sounded good. I felt like a professional. Yeah, feel it like feels I'm dropping really a pro. Mixtape. We've got a three camera setup going as well. Um, it feels really pro, and also it felt very like interviewee, even though it's just the two of us. It felt very interviewee. Yeah, but we had less banter. Yeah, I definitely it, less banter. Yeah, I think it made us feel like we know what we're talking about. Yeah, maybe so. Okay, well, more banter coming in the next episodes. Yeah, if you want banter, head to our YouTube channel. Yeah, and Lots if you want to have a laugh there. at me, I lost a lot of money in Luna in the crash, so there's that. Mm. Hmm.
but I also told him to invest in Dogecoin before the hype came around because I just thought it was funny. And if he'd have listened to me, we would be millionaires right now. So well, it's quite a bit of money, yeah. Maybe not millionaires, but a lot of money. Yeah, millionaires. Anyway. Dado potato. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please let us know your thoughts on all the matters that we've talked about, whether we've sparked any kind of interest for you on the topic. Yeah, we'd love to know your thoughts on crypto and we'd also love to hear your reservations and concerns. So if you have any, share them with us on because the socials. they're completely valid. Completely valid, yeah. Share them with us on the socials and we'll be seeing you soon. Yeah, see you on the next one. It's been a pleasure. Hear you on the next one. You'll hear us in the next one. I love you. Bye.